We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, first of all, is that considered a turtleneck, Ethan? I like it. I just don't yeah, know. Tur- yeah, it's a turtleneck. Okay, it looked like, I didn't know if it was like tall enough to be a turtleneck, but I like it. Yeah, just yeah. It's a turtleneck. You it got like... like- not the tallest. Oh, okay, that, that looked better. Okay. You got yeah. you got good like Mr. Ertz, you know, Mr. Ertz vibes, like that's, like that's teacher. Doctor. That's Doctor. Doctor Ertz. Excuse much. me. Excuse me. Uh, what medical school did you go to? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I like I like to rock a turtleneck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, you look like a uh, professor. Yeah, Yulia says that I look like that famous picture of Steve Jobs. There's like a really famous yeah, picture of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's in a turtleneck, glasses, facial hair. It's like yeah, and it yeah kind of yeah. But you're not a dick. Uh, well, I mean, you know, dick master. Yeah, depends on. I mean, you if you start training yourself not to blink so you can intimidate people, then then yeah, you know, <laughs> yes, yeah, Steve what, Jobs that did that. Wow. He did that really. He trained himself not to blink to intimidate people in conversations. So weird. Where do these people come up with this shit? I mean, he also only ate fruit, and that's what most likely killed him. Right, really? Yeah. He was a strict fruititarian. Oh. So he's as bad as Michael K. You guys have, like, heard Michael K. talk about his diet, right? Bacon and steak or whatever, right? Like, yeah. it's, 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 like, not quite as bad as Ron Swanson, um, but it's, it's, like, he doesn't get any nutrition. At- oh. Oh, so we're going to read about him dropping dead of a heart attack in the next five, ten years. Yeah, he's got kids less than ten years old. Yeah, yeah that's that. really irresponsible. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but he's super, super picky. Like, I don't know. Like, if I was coordinating team travel, I'd be so, like, I'd just be so frustrated. Yeah. Like, obviously, there's steakhouses everywhere they go, but I would still be frustrated. Right, right. Trying to manage that. Yeah. Uh, boys, before we get into our beers, which Matt was trying to jump ahead before we even right. hit record here, uh, I saw this uh, right before I hopped on uh, to uh, the recording today. Vladdy hit a 450-foot bomb over the monster, and so I, I love to you know poke fun at the Red Sox anytime I can, but it also reminded me that Vladdy took a shot at the Yankees over the offseason, yeah. and it just started picking up steam recently because... He did it in Spanish, and Americans are ignorant, and nobody wants to learn Spanish. And um, you know, basically said that he would never play for the for the Yankees because uh, you know his father got treated poorly, yada yada yada. And people immediately started making the Griffey comparison. And you know, there's a couple things that bothered me with um, about that, and and I'm just curious what you guys think. First is 
when you're an opposing player, what the fuck else do you expect? <laughs> like, you're going to get booed, especially when you're as good as Vlad Guerrero was. Like, he, he crushed the Yankees. You're going to get booed. I don't think people were throwing batteries at him or, like, doing, you know, the, the mile straw thing to him or anything. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I just I, – I can't understand that logic. Um, uh, you know, and, and the second piece of it is, you know, Griffey – Griffey senior was on the Yankees in the eighties when they were the toxicity of baseball. So like that, I totally understand. Um, you know, well, there's more like, to the Griffey story than that too, which, which I'll talk about in a minute. Right. Right. And, and the other, but the other hilarious part is like, yeah, Vladdy junior is a great player. Right. Um, but he's no Ken Griffey junior. Like when Ken Griffey junior said that it was like, okay, you're, you're the best player of a generation. Like you're, you're awesome. You can say that. Like Vladdy runs his mouth all the time, whether it was, you know, the movie last year or, you know, saying this now. And I'm like, yeah, I guess like you're a top three player maybe in the American League, but you're not Ken Griffey Jr. I don't know if you'll ever be Ken Griffey Jr. because you're not a center fielder and and you can't do the things Griffey did. Um, So a lot of things about that bothered me, but I'm just curious what you guys thought about it. I mean... I don't know. Like he can have his. I, I, not everyone's going to take the. What is it? Is it Tatis? In in they were showing like everyone who heckles like he'll just point at him and he like he says like I want to hear more like like he, you know he he likes it right he you know not everyone's going to take that attitude right and there are I'm not saying New York is great all the time right there are going to be certain people in certain places that are shitty to play uh, I'm not going to say that we're like racist Boston but um. You know, I'm not saying that there's great people out in the, in the stands either. So, yeah, whatever. Like, he can do what he wants to do. Um, you know, I'm interested to hear what Ethan has to say about Griffey Sr. But, yeah. So, so first of all, I think um, unless unless there are details about Yankee fans and Vlad Sr. that we don't know about, then then I agree with Colin that if you are an, oppo- an opposing person, and especially if you're a fucking superstar and one of the greatest right-handed hitters of all time, like, yeah, you're going to get booed in Yankee Stadium. Get over it. However, if there's, like, some extra shit that Vladdy Jr. didn't really go into um, uh, uh, of some really ugly things that that maybe some fans had said or something like that, then that changes that changes the equation, obviously. But, of course, I know we would all be on the same page about that if, if we had that information. Right. Um, it doesn't bother me in general, it, you know, if he if he, for whatever reason, has a negative feeling about New York and wants to talk about it. And I will say, yeah, he maybe not is he maybe isn't Griffey yet, but um, he's pretty goddamn impressive. Um, and I think, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think if he if he keeps it up and he can stay healthy for the next few years, he is going to be um, Griffey level as a hitter at least, um, possibly even even better. Um, I mean, it depends, right? Like, hold on a second, let me because the thing with Griffey, you know, Griffey got so much love back then. And, and deservedly, right? But he never drew very many walks, right? Like he was never anything compared to somebody like Bonds. Um, or even I bet if we were to compare like his OPS to say like Frank Thomas, I bet you there would be a pretty a pretty sizable difference there as Maguire, well. Maybe. Or even Maguire, maybe. Now he was amazing, don't get me wrong. And of course he was an amazing center fielder when he was young, blah, 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 blah. Griffey was, I mean, he was the best. He was the coolest, right? Um, but... I'm just saying that, you know, uh, Vladdy, Vladdy has a chance to be, I think, that, that stature. 
if he uh, if he stays if he stays healthy and like lives up to his potential. Um, now the Griffey thing, so that that didn't come from Vladdy though. You're saying that that's come from from like articles and tweets and shit, like comment just commentators on the side. Kyle, well, well, didn't didn't Griffey say that he would never play for the Yankees? Because yeah, no, of the way he, that his dad was treated. Yeah, no, he did. He did. But I, 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 you were bringing that up. I thought you were saying other people oh, yeah, had brought yeah, that up. Yeah, I was just, I was just saying there's similarities to it. Yeah, because, no, because so, other people started yeah. making that comparison, but I don't think it's really a comparison. I think they're completely different situations. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to go and look. I can't remember when exactly it happened, but yeah, Griffey, it's famous. I think you can probably find the clip online. He was he was being interviewed and it was being televised, you know, by like a, a group of reporters or whatever. And somebody asked him about the Yankees, and he said, "I will never ever play for the Yankees. I will retire if they're the if they're the last team in baseball to give me an offer. I will retire." <laughs> now he didn't go into the details, of course, but I have read the story, and um, and it's gross. Basically, what happened, you know, Matt Matt mentioned Matt mentioned uh, racism in the Red Sox, uh, and essentially it's that just in Yankee Stadium. So basically, Griffey was a kid. And Griffey Sr., I wish I could remember all of the details. I can't remember who the other player was. Um, <clears throat> but Griffey Sr. is like on the team. And it's before the game, right? People are just messing around. And out on the field, would it have been Greg Nettles? Did Greg Nettles and Griffey Sr. overlap? Do you remember, Kyle? I, I don't think so. Okay. Somebody like that, okay? Um, and that that player, a Yankee teammate, and their son are out on the field like playing around, playing catch, and blah, 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 blah. Griffey Sr. and Griffey Jr. also go out. Uh, at some point, somebody somebody comes over to the dugout, somebody from the team, so from the organization, whatever, not the manager or anything, but somebody comes over and talks to like Griffey Sr. and says, oh, hey, uh, yeah, you guys, can't, um, you guys can't be on the field right now. And meanwhile, the white player and his white son just kept on playing. There was no issue. But but Griffey Jr. was, was kicked off the field. Um, and so... There's, I mean, there's no, there's no way to paint that in any sort of sympathetic light. That's, that's just yeah. fucking atrocious. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, you can imagine. And, and I remember, uh, you got Everybody should find the clip and maybe, maybe we should look it up after this, but, um, there was something Griffey said in a different interview where he actually told this story where he talked about how, you know, his dad basically gave him a knowing look or like kind of explained things after the fact and was like, this is what's going on here. And so you can imagine if that happens when you're when you're a kid, of course, of course, you're going to have that. I would have felt the same way. I would have said, fuck this franchise now and forever, um, which is how how Griffey Jr. felt. So anyway, so so, yeah, the comparison in terms of like, oh, I'll never sign with that team. That is apt. Right. In terms of the Griffey thing. My hope is that that is as far as the similarities go. I right, hope right. that there was nothing being yelled at Vladdy Sr., uh, um, you know, that's in a similar vein. Uh, certainly by the 2000s, there was already a, a massive Hispanic presence in Major League Baseball and on the Yankees. So, um, but you never know, right? I mean, mm -hmm. drunk fans can be really, really nasty in any ballpark. So um, it's it's hard to say. But um, yeah, so the the Griffey thing is like a is is another level, and 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 we can only hope that that is not what happened with Vladdy, and and that hopefully it was just maybe the fans were just extra hardcore in their booing and in their heckling. Uh, and, and it just left a sour taste in, in Vladdy Jr.'s mouth or something, right? Well, now, the more I think about it, though, this might not be the only case of the fans scaring away a potential future Probably, player. Yeah. Was it Cliff Lee's wife who got treated poorly at the when, when he was a visiting pitcher? 
And that was one of the things he cited why he never wanted to go to the Yankees. Oh, I hadn't heard that. Yeah, but he didn't. He, I don't think he had a no trade clause. I think Texas just beat us out for him. Yeah, but but I mean, it was that he said he didn't want to go. He didn't want to sign with us. He didn't want to go because of of how his family was treated at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Uh, let me, Look, let me we we know we know in sports in general there are some awful fans. I mean, the the what was it like a murder in Dodger Stadium uh, parking lot. Uh, that happened between a Giants fan and a Dodgers fan. Um, oh yeah, that's right. You know, there was the, two Dodgers fans on a Giants fan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's not just baseball too. It's, I mean, yeah, it's, sure. it's all sports, and and I'm sure it happens you know overseas and and things like that. So, um, it's yeah, it, it, it's it's nothing we condone. Um, but I, I, I again, I just thought it was interesting. I've never heard anything to that level that happened to Vlad Sr. And so it was just like, what What was it? Like, was he just yeah, upset because he was getting food or, you know, whatever? Like, that's I, – I don't know. But, like, to Ethan – so there was overlap. I, I don't know if it was Nails, but Griffey and Nails played um, 82 and 83 together. I feel like it uh, might have been Nettles because that's the name that was stuck in my head. But Yeah, yeah. I, and, I don't know for sure, but – and a footnote, I just looked up the story. Lee said that he actually dismissed it. He said that his, that his wife was spit at and thrown had beer thrown at her in the 70s, but he said it's 50,000 fans. You can't control them all. That didn't affect my decision. So, okay. Oh, that's, interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, of course he's going to say that because well, yeah, of course, you know, as long as the Yankees are in the running, the price goes up. So, <laughs> right, right, right. I he mean, would, that, he would artificially limit his market. <laughs> Right. That's uh, I think Michael K was talking about that, you know, with uh, with Vladdy um, and just saying, like, you know, even if he wants to stay with the Blue Jays, like you're still kind of suppressing, you know, the the ability to make more money um, and everything. But I mean, there's so many different ways we can take something like that. It's just I I just found it really interesting. And, um, you know, I'm glad we we got a chance to talk about it. But uh, let's talk about beer, because then. Uh, we we've turned into a football podcast, I think, and I definitely want to talk about something football related uh, after beer. Yeah. So um, let's let's talk about our beers. Ethan, what do you got? It looked like a it looked like amber. I don't, I couldn't tell what it was. Uh, not amber. The lighting maybe makes it look like that. Um, but um, nothing exciting. Um, I'm having a German dinner tonight. I'm having a. Schnitzel and sauerkraut and potatoes. And um, <clears throat> we had some leftover beers from a party we had recently. Um, just basic beers people had brought over or whatever. And one that I thought would be okay with my German dinner was uh, just a Leffe Blonde. Huh. Belgian you know. Blonde. Yeah, okay. And good. that's it. And it's, you know, it's okay. fine. So I will join you in Belgium. I've got a Belgian Lambic from the Tilquin Brewing Group. Um, oh, sweet. Lambic is obviously it's a spontaneously fermented wild ale that uh, really, really relies on the local yeast in the air in Belgium. Uh, and Lambics are mixtures of um, aged and new beer that are sour. Uh, and this one in particular is a mixture of uh, Lambics that were aged on once used Pinot Noir grapes. Um, so it's uh, 80% uh, 
young beer and 20% two-year-old Lambic kind of mixed together and unpasteurized. Um, not like a lot of American sours. It is, I mean, it's still funky. It is still sour, like a, like an actual sour, not like a fruity pastry sour. But it's a little, it's a little easier to drink. It's a little easier to palate. A little more stomach, you know, uh, you know, lighter, um, and it's enjoyable. And I, I'm starting to get a better flavor for it. I can't tell you that, like this came in a box with like a couple different versions. I still can't tell you the difference between like the grapes, but I can tell there's grapes in there. So, um, which is good. Nice. Friend of the podcast and neighbor, Todd Shock, all the way from Cincinnati, <laughs> Ohio. I will leave you two in Belgium. Ah, uh, motherfucker. I can't. What happened in the game? Out at the plate on a contact play. Damn. Damn it. Uh, oh, man. I, would, so I just was talking about Ryan Geist last weekend. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's that's good there. And it, it had the baseball on it. He gave me a six pack uh, of different beers from this brewery, but this one had baseball. So I thought I would. Uh, Chug this one down. Um, if you ever find yourself in Cincinnati, in and in, in we'll, we'll tie this to Ethan's German dinner in the over the Rhine neighborhood, which is like the up and coming. You know, it used to be an old kind of rundown, tough neighborhood. Now it's coming back. Uh, right, that's where Ryan Geis is located, and it's on this kind of. It's toward the end of the nice street. It's this just big nondescript warehouse with this tiny maybe you know, eight inch wide by four inch tall sign that says Rheingeist. And you go in this door and you go up like three sets of metal rusty stairs in this kind of cramped hallway and you get to the door and you walk in and it's enormous. It's this giant, giant, giant warehouse where they've got all their brewing equipment on one end. They've got three different bars. Um, I mean, it's big enough that they have an indoor kickball and an indoor wiffle ball league there in the winter. Um, it's enormous. It's so big. Uh, they, they, they fit like brontosaurus skeletons that they had on loan from museums in there for exhibits. Um, I saw people do like those, like not high ropes, but it's like those acrobats that use like the, the, the strips of cloth and they like wrap themselves up and do flips in the, I saw that there, like a uh, really neat space. It's got a rooftop patio that, um, overlooks the like the city i've never been up there but it's supposed to be great the one time i was there with my parents uh, there was a wedding up there my dad tried going up anyway it was kind of funny um <laughs> but uh if you just imagine street clothes john root walking up there seeing if he can get in but um they didn't let him up but it's it's a really cool place uh definitely uh getting into it's more of a regional type brewery or like a saranac type but um they do a lot, a lot of different stuff. They also have like a cider division and a, a, a seltzer division, and they do some good barrel aged stuff, but a lot of hoppy stuff. And uh, the other neat thing is they they self distribute, so they kind of stay out of the trappings of someone like Anheuser Busch. That uh, if Anheuser Busch controls the distributor, they can control the craft uh, the the craft sellers in the area as well. So they they not only self distribute, but I believe they try and help other other breweries in the area too. So neat place, okay. highly recommended. Check out over the Rhine too. Lots of cool places up there. Very cool. Sweet. Um, the Yankee game is very interesting right now. Uh, I was gonna talk about. So I think IKF. Uh, I think IKF let off the inning with a double. Bieber is still in the game. Uh, he's thrown eighty nine pitches to this point. Woo. It's a two two tie. Bottom Ooh, of the eighth. Fired up. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, 
you know, so I told you IKF got thrown out. So Higgy hit a sack fly. Then IKF was on third, one out. Volpe hit the ball right to Ramirez at third. Um, and IKF was running on contact, threw him out easily at home. Uh, and then uh, Bieber just balked. That's how Volpe got to second here. Um, oh, okay. And so, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen uh, after that. But I was just thinking, you know, Tito has somebody warming up in the bullpen. And uh, presumably this is the fourth time around in the lineup. Uh, maybe, maybe it's only the third time, given the, the pitch count. I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, to let him just go and figure this out. I know it's only May. Uh, it's not a playoff game or anything like that. But I don't think many managers even have the uh, the the opportunity to do that because the, the front office would be banging down the the clubhouse door to tell them to get there, <laughs> get the pitcher out, you know, and everything, get the guy in the bullpen in the game. So uh, it's just really interesting. I, I'm curious how two, two pitch two outs, you know, bottom of the eighth here with Glaber up three, two count now. But, yeah. 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 Really. I just really love that our offense tonight is Jake Bowers and Willie Calhoun. That's, that's yeah. all. Was yesterday was Willie the, and, and Volpe. Things got dark pretty fast in 2023. Well, and here's the hilarious thing. Last week, uh, at the end of the episode, I, I was just listening this morning. Uh, we we did a really quick baseball recap, and we were kind of like, eh, the Fly Dodgers, the right? Like, what, what's going to happen? With, I'm pretty sure the Dodgers, like, ran off, like, seven straight games or, you know, something like that and are looking like the Dodgers, you know, again, uh, even though they are obviously a very different team than what we're used to. So it can, it can definitely change both ways <laughs> very quickly. But for the Yanks, yeah. it's gotten pretty bleak because they – they just have so many injuries and um, yeah, it's part probably. of the game, but yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ma- Matthew, uh, last week we spent quite a bit of time uh, talking about your beloved Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and you know, the, the Jordan love era uh, is supposed to begin in green Bay, but uh, one of the surprises of the NFL draft this past week was oh, Mr. Oh, you, you Sean Clifford. They just drafted, need a new backup. That's getting it. Getting drafted in the fifth round by the Green Bay Packers. Are you excited about a future of Green Bay Packer football with a Penn State football quarterback? They needed someone who could mentor Jordan Love. Right? <laughs> Is he Isn't older Clifford than like a seventh year, you know, super duper, super senior? How how old is Jordan Love? Uh, probably probably the same age. Yeah, they they got to be close. I think Cliff's gonna be twenty six maybe this year, or something like that. Uh, he's it's like twenty four. Yeah, they're both twenty four. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't give his exact birthday, but there's a really really good chance he. Oh no, he is he is older than Jordan Love. <laughs> he's. <laughs> He's uh, born in July of 98. Jordan Love was born in November of 98. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so mm-hmm. good. Hey, I mean, the one the one good thing I can tell, two good things I can tell you about Sean Clifford. Three good things. One, he's a great leader. So clubhouse guy, that's, you were talking about last week, Aaron Rodgers, no leadership. Cliff, Cliff's that guy. Second, he's tough as nails. I mean, how the dude even walks, I, I have no idea, with some of the hits that I saw him take over the five years at Penn State. Um, and then the third thing, and, and this might, uh, you know, to your point, Matt, it, it might actually be a real thing. 
Cliff had four different offensive coordinators in four years. So he knows how to learn offense and, uh, you know, do, do that type of stuff. So, you know, he's a smart guy. Um, doesn't have a great arm. You know, he makes a lot of back, back breaking, uh, mistakes when it comes to quarterback play, uh, which is not something you typically want of your starting quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, overall, uh, and, and that was like, you know, obviously Will Levis, uh, was, was one of the most talked about players, uh, during the draft because he went from being a projected top five pick to being a day two pick, um, you know, after Penn state's Joey Porter in the second round, but you know, Levis was a Penn stater. The dude has no, he has a cannon, but he has no control you know, with, with the ball, he, he played at Kentucky and did like, okay. You know, after that, like, I just don't, I don't see like where, I mean, I see the body type, right. The prototype that, you know, an NFL quarterback, maybe he could be like a Kerry Collins or something like that. Another Penn Stater. Um, but <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know. I, I, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Cliff, you know, actually did more in the NFL than than Levis did or will do. Um but I could also see Levis like turning into the next Patrick Mahomes or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I think you just wanted an excuse to name as many Penn State quarterbacks as you could. <laughs> that um, part was by that just a happy coincidence that that part. But <laughs> no, I was going to just you know talk about the breaking news that the New York Jets have signed uh, Aaron Rodgers' favorite uh, locker room attendant. And they've signed his um, his second favorite shaman because the first one probably couldn't cross state lines, and uh, they probably signed you know Donald Driver out of retirement maybe as well just to keep him happy. Um, no, but he's bringing he's bringing his uh, show on the road, right? So they they signed they brought Nathaniel Hackett in to lure him there. They signed uh, Alan Lazard before they got Rogers. They've also signed a, a backup tackle, Billy uh, Billy Turner. Um, who used to that Rogers liked, and then they brought they're bringing in Randall Cobb now too, uh, who's who's young but geriatric. You know he's our age, but that's geriatric in the NFL terms right now. I mean, he hasn't been really a, a game game changer for a while. So he's he's definitely bringing his show on the road to New York. Uh, again, the more I thought about it last week, the more I, I realized like he does well with a chip on his shoulder. So who knows? He could have a stellar season. But um, people say just, that about uh, Sean Clifford too. By the way. Yeah, wait, wait until Sean actually signs his contract, bud. Like, he hasn't even signed a why, contract yet. Why wouldn't he sign? He wasn't projected to go in the draft at all. He got picked in the fifth round. You never know. Oh, okay, he okay. First, he's got to sign his contract. Then he's got to make the team. That's not a guarantee either. So, I, know. I, I mean, I, I guarantee you, he makes the team though. Just of course, he does. The Packers need a backup, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they could find some, you know, University of Wisconsin Whitewater, which for those who don't know is like the best division. Division three football team in the country of the Mount Union. Um, they could find some guy out of that that's like, oh, he's six seven and can throw the ball two hundred yards, and you know maybe he gets the spot instead. I don't know. <laughs> Hefty lefty part do. Also, another Kentucky quarterback. That's you know, if you want to keep dropping Penn State, I'll say, well, Will Levis is Kentucky, and the Hefty lefty and Randall Cobb also out of Kentucky, and blah blah blah. I don't actually care about Kentucky. Randall Cobb was out of Kentucky. Yep. I know. You that. don't feel any any loyalty and fondness toward your home state for four years, Matt? Oh, man. Ugh. 
That's just like, oh. I thought you liked. I thought you liked Kentucky better than Cleveland. <laughs> oh, sorry about that for all those listeners out there. But just, yeah, I, I can't control it. I mean, I don't miss the low cost of living, um, but I also didn't have to worry about a, a putting a kid through school down there. Huh. And when my te- when my like taxes for the year down there are are like basically one month worth of taxes here i kind of wonder how the uh, for schools i kind of wonder how good like the schools down there are if i'm only paying like 170 dollars a month in school well, tax. i was gonna i was gonna say what would happen i think i can see it already is is you'd have a kid and they'd be in their like first science class you know <laughs> in whatever grade that would be. And they would come home and they would say, daddy, we started science class today. And it was awesome. We opened up our textbook and we read Genesis chapter one, verse one. <laughs> you you laugh, but I lived 35 minutes from the Ark Encounter and I lived 25 minutes from the Creation Museum. Yeah, no, I'm like kind of being serious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew about that. Yeah. Well, I didn't know you were that close, but I knew that that shit was oh, yeah. Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and I miscalculated my, my, uh, Monthly taxes for the school district on there was one hundred and eight dollars a month. Wow! Yeah, that's some good yeah. quality public school education. Mm. Mm. Good stuff. Oh, I missed the bourbon, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, two hours though. So anyway, oh, Holmes is pitching again. Isn't he? Uh, isn't he just going to collapse again? Uh, looks like it. It's raining. It's going to pour. So mm-hmm. that's that's what's going to hey, happen. We've got a one-game winning streak going. Okay, come on, have faith. Now, by the time this podcast is over, we should know if it is two or zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When is uh? How long do we think Judge is going to be out? He's on the ten-day IL. What are the chances he's Monday. actually back? Yeah, next week, right? He's supposed to come back Monday. Do you guys believe that that'll actually happen? I, I think hey, he's his name isn't Carlos Rodon, okay? Come on. Yeah. He's yeah. taking he's getting more tests I saw today. Yeah. Rodon is. Yeah. yeah. And uh and uh Loisaga is needing surgery and Lou Torino needs surgery. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You need Tommy John, yeah. Yeah, uh, Torino's done. Trevino. Well, Trevino wasn't good anyways, was he? He was lights out for the Yankees after they acquired him. Yeah. Wait, he was? The guy was a man on fire for the Yankees, yeah. Yeah, we oh, got released by the Athletics. I did not remember that at all. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Trevino. I mean, you're right. When we got him, he had like a five something ERA. But uh, his his time with the Yankees was oh was yeah, no, he was incredible. Looking it up, yeah. Um, yeah. What what turned what what could have been at least a nice consolation prize for a shitty Montas deal turned into oh uh, well no never mind. Enjoy our pitching prospects, you suckers and. Uh, blooper, Bermuda Triangle. And somebody's hurt. Somebody's head got fucked. Bader. Unbelievable. Yep, Bader. Bader's head got hit hard. Uh, he looks like he's okay. Uh, his head isn't what's fragile. He's got. And they, a, he's and got they a, took. And they took the lead on that. Oh, they did. Oh well, shit. Yeah. I'm not watching, guys. In, Stop. In the, in the ninth it's much better. It's much more enjoyable when you don't watch and waste your time. This is uh, <laughs> depressing. I wonder if I wonder if Bader got a concussion on that and he's going to be did, out again. Did I not send you guys a text 
Monday night saying that Clay Holmes should never pitch a high leverage inning for the Yankees ever again. I mean, you said something along those lines. And yet here we are two yep. days later and the same thing is happening. Like this is well, soft contact, both, both of these hits, but still. Geez. Who do you put in there instead? King? Well, King got burned out yesterday, I think, so he's not coming back, especially after. You, you know, said Loisaga needs surgery? Yep. Yeah. Remove Jesus. a bur- bone spur or something. What about Schwandi? Schwandi Peralta? Is yeah, he your closer instead? I, I would take one. I mean, he yeah. walked in the, the game-winning run the other night. Yeah, but he's been he's been solid overall. He's just their only lefty, so. Oh, God, this season is quickly looking very depressing. Yeah, it's May May third. Relax. These injuries uh, are really bad. How confident are you in in a bullpen in this bullpen right now? Where's Kainley? He's supposed he's, to be coming back. Yeah, he's coming back too. I mean, when the when the cavalry comes back, you know, I think I think they'll be okay, but. It's not great, but as we found out last season, it's it's very, very, very long season to go. Yeah. So, try not to get too worked up one way or another about it. Yeah, and Bader's coming off. What's called? Two sads and a sad? Come on. <laughs> Two sads and a sad. Bader's coming off. <laughs> he, he's walking off on his own, but they're taking him out. Yep. Isn't this He'll literally his for... first game back, or is this his second game second back? Second game. Okay. Or third game, maybe. Third game. Second or third. Yeah. Um, Jesus fucking Christ. How about a fucking DeGrom? Looks like he's going to have another Tommy John surgery. Really? They're they're being tight lipped about it, but he was cruising versus the Yankees the other night, then came out and they said it's his forearm. And that's, that's like the worst. That's the worst thing it can be. Wait, forearm. Really? Is that, that a sign of, of elbow stuff? That's what I, I've heard. Oh, I didn't know this. Okay. Yep. Yep. So uh, I I haven't seen any updates on that, but that one's a pretty sad one. Um, how about uh, what's his face for the Marlins though? I uh, will will here's a here's a question for you guys, especially for Ethan. Will batting average matter if Luis whatever is his last name Arias. is Reyes or yeah, Arias, yeah. Um, if he's hitting. Over 400 or close to 400 in September. Um, Will that it, matter? So it depends on, on how, how you mean. Will it matter to people who like actually understand the game and are trying to evaluate players accurately to, the, to their full extent? To those people, it will not matter. I take will offense. It, I know you do. Will it matter? Will it matter to the larger baseball world? Uh, uh, in general and, and just fans in general and fans of the history of the game and casual fans, which also happens to include us, by the way, and me. Yes, it will matter to them, right? Because even somebody like me, and I, I, you know I will tell you constantly, and I'll tell you if that happens, batting average does not matter. It's pointless and it's useless. However, because we grew up, we grew up idolizing batting average, and we're not idolizing it necessarily is maybe the wrong word, but... Uh, um, it was batting average. It was. Yeah. yeah, batting average homers, RBIs. I mean, this was how we measured players. This is when we think of the history of the game and we think of the great hitters. We think of batting average, right? And <clears throat> there's just something about it. There's a mystique about it. There's there's just this kind of romance about it, right? So even though statistically it's meaningless in terms of actually evaluating a player, um, 
it matters in the consciousness of the game. It, it matters in terms of just the people who, who love the history and grew up on the history. Another generation or two down the line, maybe maybe it won't won't so much. But um, sure. but I don't know about that. I mean, I think a lot of people still like batting average, even though it's useless. And so, yeah, but I think it will matter. I, I gotta, I gotta push back a little. I don't know if I would go as far as to say it's meaningless. I mean, it's it is still, meaningless. It's still a measure of contact skills and of, you don't, of you only, ball percentage. You only so. need slugging percentage. So, you don't you don't need batting average. You only need slugging so, percentage for that. So, if you're looking at like, here, here's where I still think a, a batting average of 400 plus matters because if you're looking at it like, what's a good on base percentage, right? Well, 400 is a fantastic on-base percentage. Exactly. So uh, with with zero walks, if he has a 400 batting average, it means he has at least a 400 on-base percentage, which will still be a building block to his OPS. Yeah, but you so, also can just skip that part. You can just skip that step and just look directly at his on-base percentage and his slugging percentage, which tells you your slugging percentage not only tells you how much contact he's making and, and if he's getting on base, it tells you what kind of hits he's getting. So you can Ethan, actually differentiate between is he just hitting a bunch of fucking weak singles or is he getting a lot of extra base hits and homers, which you can, is also much more useful information. You can take a, a beautiful song at face value or you can dissect it and look at look at the the fortes and the pianissimos and the crescendos and the accents that all come together to give you one beautiful picture. Yeah, and that one beautiful picture is OPS. And the only things you need for OPS are on-base percentage and slugging percentage. And the component of on-base percentage is? Your walks and your hits. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need batting average. You don't need batting average. (laughs) Oh, my God. Follow-up questions. (laughs) What, What do you guys think is what would be more interesting, someone hitting 400 for a season, or somebody breaking DiMaggio's hitting streak, which is 56 oh, games. DiMaggio's Ooh. hitting streak. Really? Yeah. Okay. By far. Much uh, more statistically difficult. Probably. Really? Is that right? Yeah. I, I would agree. Yeah. If yeah, we were to look up, but I want to, if we were to look up the actual probability, if that Much more still, statistically if that would, difficult. If that would hold up. Because I feel like the, the okay, so here's, here's the follow up question. Which one, which one would, like when you're getting to the final stages and I, and I realize that you, know, you could, you can predict the final stages for the 400 batting average. That's going to be the end of September, early October. When you get to game 50 or maybe game 46, or I don't, I don't even know what the number would be, which one is more pressure packed? Like which one, which one hits harder when it comes to pressure? The, the, the streak by far. See, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's right. I right, because you can go over four one day and then you go four four the other the next day and you're still ahead of your mark for yeah. But if your you're down, batting average. sure. But if you're down to the last couple games of the season and you're right at four hundred or three ninety nine, then if it's the last couple games of the season, you've already well qualified. You could sit those games. If well, you're yeah, over 400, you could, you could, that'd be a really shitty move. Not if you're but, but, but there, but there goes the, the pressure then, right? Like get one hit, pull them out of the game. You're done. You know? Yeah. Oh, that'd be so lame. God. I mean, maybe somebody would do that, but that'd be, so yeah, but we've all, we've all seen guys who miss a shot for their triple double, right? Lead, you know, lead off single, rebound, lead off single for Rizzo. Bottom Petty of the shit happens. Yeah. I mean, and I don't even necessarily disagree with you that like the streak is harder or whatever like that. Um, 
I just would be interested. I'm sure that somebody like Tom Tango or Bill James or somebody has has done the calculations on the probability. And it just, I just, I would like to see the numbers. Like, is the would the hitting streak really be that much more difficult than than hitting 400? Because I mean, I feel like people have gotten relatively close to both, relatively in the last few decades. Yeah. Who who got to like forty four or forty six games on their hitting streak? Like Jose Reyes or something? No, I think of Pete Rose maybe got no. close. Uh uh-uh. uh I think in our lifetime, I think Chase Utley maybe has the longest, and it was like thirty no, something sure. games. Nah, somebody got into the forties. I'm almost positive. Forties, I'm pretty sure, is almost just as rare as obviously DiMaggio. Okay, okay, here you go. Here you go. Here's a good summary, guys. This is by um, a statistician working for the Society for Base- American Baseball Research. Okay, sweet. Mr. Blahaus sums up by saying, what all of this means is that DiMaggio, even given his 357 batting average and the at-bat chances that he received, did something that he should not have been expected to do unless he hit that way for 1,038 years. Oh, wow. And actually, I will also say, okay, Jesus fucking Christ. Um, somebody was just running to second like a fucking it's moron. A, it's, it's a well, We're not that? sure where this figure comes from. It's actually it's actually closer to once every 18,000 years. But we are sure of this. What DiMaggio did in 1941 is no chance, realistic or otherwise, of ever happening again. Yeah, no one actually, seriously um, approached the record in 60 years, not even rose. Yeah, and I yeah, I stand corrected. I, I was thinking, I thought there was somebody in the early 2000s, but no, it was, um, yeah, Jimmy Rollins did 38 games, but that was between two seasons, 05, 06. Um, the third most in the, or the second most in the modern era, because I'm looking, like, the modern era, I'm talking about, say, let's just stick to the divisional era, right? Let's stick to 1969 and later, is Pete Rose at 44 games, and that was in 1978. And then you go to Paul Molitor in 1987, and that was 39. Then Rollins at 38. And then Luis Castillo did 35 in 2002. Chase Utley did 35 in 2006. And uh, Dan Ugla, you guys remember him? Dan Ugla had a 33-game hitting streak in 2011. Um, Hal Morris for the Reds, 32 games over 96 to 97. Anyways, the upshot of this is yes, okay. I, I was misremembering hitting streaks. And yeah. Uh, yeah, nobody has been anywhere close in the modern era. So um, now I will say, I, I know I was pretty steadfast in what would be more impressive and more, more pressure packed. Uh, I did not realize that it would be that difficult. <laughs> I re- yeah. not, did not realize the chasm of statistics. Um, but I will say, engineer here, trust me when I talk statistics. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, I still think that 400 would be like pretty insanely difficult. And I think the pressure would be pretty, pretty insane, too. I mean, we're talking about the same year. I mean, it has been since the same year that it happened as the hitting streak. Right. So clearly, clearly we're talking about stuff that I mean, 1941 was such a different time in the game, as we know. And, you know, I personally am of the belief that if you took uh, uh, people from 1941 and you placed them into the modern game, um, they would probably be mediocre at best. Um, except for maybe somebody like Ted Williams, who was such a, uh, such a, uh, a dedicated student of hitting. I feel like he probably would have been a great hitter in any era, but. Wasn't there uh, a quote about that recently? Like a, a hitter from maybe our childhood saying like, 
Like I, I wouldn't hit 200 today or something like that. I want to say. Oh, was there? I mean, yeah, I, shit, that would I be my remember. expectation. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. There was a clip. Um, I actually meant to tell you guys about it. Um, somebody shared this on their story on Instagram. I wish I could remember who did. A friend of mine shared it on their story. And it was this short clip of Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig taking batting practice. Oh, I saw that. Did you? Yeah. Okay. And listen, I love Babe and Lou as much as anybody. But I was watching their swings. And like, I mean, and I'm, I'm thinking of like Adam Adovino's quote from a, from a few years ago. And I'm watching these guys swinging. And I'm like, I don't know if they would get a single fucking hit against modern pitching. Hey, tie game. Tie game. Willie Calhoun again. Okay. Um, well, that's what I mean. Like, I'd love, you know, it, it's fun to play the play the imaginary baseball game. I'd love to see Babe Ruth step in the box against Randy Johnson. Yeah. And just be like, what the fuck is this guy? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Who, like he's mean. Yep. He's giant. He's six foot And 10. he's releasing the ball, you know, six feet close than anyone else has. And, and you think about, it, again, going back to that um, – Salvador, uh, the ESPN clip, right? He had a tell. Everyone in the majors knew if he was throwing fastball or slider based on how he held his glove. It was very easy. And yet, people still couldn't hit him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of the quote. There was a, there was, or like I see memes occasionally where, where people talk about, um, you know, why do we still care so much about what the founding fathers thought? Like, why do we care so much about people who owned other human beings and would be mystified by the sight of the dishwasher? Like, why yeah. do we care what they think? And it, it's kind of similar to that, right? Obviously, it's it's this is even more recent, though, right? We're not even talking about since the 17 and 1800s. But like, yeah, imagine Babe Ruth seeing Randy Johnson's slider, yeah. right? Like, he, he it would seem like a fucking alien uh, to yeah. him. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, there's just it's. And that's the one negative thing about baseball fans, which we have kind of talked about before, is is just the 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 sort of um, I don't know if it's a refusal or what, but to sort of acknowledge uh, the context uh, uh, when we are making these comparisons and how drastically, drastically, like unfathomably different <laughs> these, now, these times is it, are. Is it because it's harder to make a direct comparison just by the, the nature of the game, right? Like the the, the comparison, I think, is like. If you watch footage of like 1920s or 30s basketball, where it's like a bunch of white guys in short shorts, like jump shot, and then you like watch it now, and it's like fucking LeBron, like or Shaq. Like imagine if you you put up like you know the 1950s Syracuse Nationals that won a NBA championship. With Shaq, you just put just just Shaq on the floor, and like yeah. he probably would have a competitive game. I know, really, um, Colin. I know you were just distracted, probably by family stuff, but you need to find this section in the podcast and listen back to Matt's audio description of of the evolution of basketball. Um, <laughs> possibly the best thing that has happened on the pod ever. <laughs> so, do 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 jump shot, like. But but my audio paints a nice visual picture. As soon as you hear that, you would know exactly the old timey basketball clip I was referring to. It was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I I was distracted. Stella was uh, screaming. We think she just had a bad dream or something. Oh, okay. All all is good. All right. Yeah. But yeah, so like it's easy to 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 look at like an old clip of basketball versus new one and go like, yeah, this is different. But like, 
it's kind of hard to do that with baseball unless you get a good batting average or batting practice clip like you talked about, Ethan, right? Like gameplay of baseball to, you know, you can put Willie Mays' catch up against any catch in, you know, that you see in the modern day and you go, okay, it's about the same. It's not, right? Polo ground, that should have been a home run in any other park of the majors. But, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. Um, I think it's a little bit different, more difficult, even though the differences are just as real and still there, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. Now, I, I would love to see if we're looking at, like, the Wayback Machine. I would love to see, like, Jim Brown play in today's NFL. Mm, that'd be interesting. I think he would be just as dominant, right? Um, you know, you ever seen there? what well, we're talking baseball memes, right? There's, like, the football meme where they show, like, the 1980s or 1970s, like, football morning in America clip and, like, 90% of the, the highlights they show would be illegal in today's game based on, like, the, the hits or what they do. And it's like, huh, oh, that would be pass interference. That would be roughing. Like, so if if someone like Jim Brown could excel in an era like that, I mean, now the people are much more monstrously huge now. Yeah. But he'd be, you know, among peers. I wonder how he would do um, in today's game. I don't know. Well, stuff yeah, stuff like that's be- always fun to think about, but until yeah. – our until AI and chat GPT gets good enough, it'll just exist in my mind right now. Yeah, right. right. Well, like in football, I mean, you know this, Matt. I mean, the tackles and the even the linebackers on defense are so big and so yeah. fucking fast. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it, do, it almost doesn't even make sense, you know, that they can do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. Well, like that's that the thing, part, right? Like, I, would, I would worry about, you know, old time players like that. They would get hit once and probably cripple. Like a, a guard or a tackle now is is fifty or sixty pounds heavier than they were forty years ago, yeah. and they're probably faster, yeah, which exactly. is the insane part of it. Like yeah. that that is the scary part, right? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. But yeah, so it's cool. It's interesting, right? Um, you know, there are there are you can I mean you, you can you can find those examples across every sport, right? Like. Okay, golf. Golf seems the same. No, it doesn't. The technology behind golf balls and golf clubs are so much different now. Like back in the day, a golf ball was like a, a, a leather wrapped piece of you know wood or something. Like it was nothing or cork or whatever. Like now it's completely yeah. different. Again, same with just just look at the difference in tennis rackets. Um, you know, forty years ago versus now. You guys ever find an old tennis racket in your grandparents' house? Yeah. Like what the fuck is this thing? Like it's this looks like a like a snowshoe that should be up on the wall or something, right? It's not a it's not a tennis racket. It's a it's a piece of wood. Yeah. Um, you know, marathon runners. I was just reading something today. This is probably common knowledge to everyone who runs, but obviously one look at me and the beer I drink, I'm not a runner. There's like carbon fiber oh, insoles that like are responsive to your footsteps. So like, you know, that's gonna return energy to your legs and make every stride a little bit less uh difficult for you so oh, that's going to be something going to be way different even about that oh yeah carbon fiber or or just the fact that like if you can reduce a shoe an ounce like take an ounce of weight out of a marathon shoe if you think about every time you're stepping up you're like taking tons of weight off of off of that runner now because of how many strides they take over the course of a marathon that's tons of work they don't have to do which yeah. is insane but also cool like you know, it's 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 fun to make those comparisons, but I mean, I want to keep going. I'm trying to think like maybe hockey is the same. I don't know. Uh, the, the goalies have face too. masks now, <laughs> um, right? I mean, they the hockey changed their rules, right? No, I know they they've changed rules. They've shrunk the pads. They've 
yeah, they've they've changed what what passes you need to make. You know, it, it's different too. But I, I'm just ignorant about hockey. Although for the first year of the podcast, I always want to talk hockey, and no one ever did. So <laughs> still don't. <laughs> Correct answer. <laughs> oh man. Well, anyway, uh, I've been talking a lot. You guys are watching TV while you're doing this podcast. I'm a professional. Just I'm the Yankee not. game. We're listening. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm the one who gave all the topics so far tonight. I mean, I have other topics. We can talk about LeBron and uh, the Lakers because they're on a roll right now. But Oh, actually, I'm here's something. Uh, obviously, you guys know I barely follow, but I did see that. Uh, which, um, I don't know, if, was this in one? Was it in the same conference, Colin, where where the one through four seeds lost and the five through eight seeds won? Or was that split between both conferences? I think it's split. Um, okay. But there because, was... Yeah, it's got to yeah. be because whoever was the eighth seed in the West lost. Okay. Um, but how about that? That like through it between the conferences? Sure, sure. But still, a one seed, two seed, three seed, and four seed lost and five, six, seven, eight, all won. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, in, so that kind of plays into what we were talking about earlier in the pod. There's like two pieces to this. Joe Paz wrote about this. That the one piece is playoffs are longer. There's more of them. And it more becomes teams. more of a random, you know, yeah. whoever's hot at the right time uh, type thing. Phillies um, last year, right? You know, the, yeah, the yeah. Nationals in 2019. Yeah. But like the, you know, for the Lakers, for example, uh, you know, LeBron was out for a significant amount of time this year. AD was out for a significant amount of time this year. They're both healthy and on the floor. Like, they're still two of the best players in the NBA. So, like, yeah, they only were the seventh seed in the West. But do you really want to go up against LeBron and AD in crunch time? I mean, they've already won a title together and, and everything. And even even the Warriors, you know, the, the sixth seed uh, who the Lakers are playing right now. I mean, Steph missed, missed time, Clay missed time, you know, all those guys missed, missed time. And so I think it's it's uh, interesting that it's a, the injury bug is something that is much more common, whether it's load management related or whether it's just being more cautious or, or people are just playing harder and uh, you know, getting hurt more as a result of that, it happens across you know the board in all sports. Because like I can remember a time in my life, specifically talking about the NBA, where it was like if you were in the top four seeds in the playoffs, you were guaranteed to move on. Like there was there was no parity in in basketball. Uh, you know, like when Kobe and Shaq were going through, and even you know even into the early two thousands and everything. And I'm not even necessarily saying that parity is great in the NBA right now. But I think that combination of, you know, having the additional playoff rounds, uh, having all the injuries and then players, you know, coming back at it just in the nick of time or whatever you want to say about it. Like, that's what we're seeing in these playoffs. You know, that's that's the reason that in, in you know, like with the Heat being the eighth seed and uh, taking down the uh, who was it? The Bucks uh, were, the, were the one seed in the East. I, I don't even know. And yeah. Jimmy Butler went off and then, you know, he got hurt the other game. Yeah, the the game one of the second series or whatever, like against the Knicks, who knows if he's going to play and everything. It's like, it just takes a toll on your body to, you know, compete like this. And I, I, I think about those dynasty Yankee teams all the time. Cause they were like so indestructible when it came to injuries. And obviously it was a different game then, but like, you just don't see that in, in any sport. Like, 
whether you're a star player, whether you're a, the the sixth guy off the bench in basketball or you know whatever it is, like injuries play such a huge part in who moves on and who doesn't these days. Uh, you know more so than I think at any other point because you know when we were growing up in any sport, you could pretty much guarantee that the the top dogs were were going to be there when it came playoff time. It's not always the case anymore. You know you're you're just kind of crossing your fingers and hoping <laughs> that uh, they don't wake up and you know do something to their back the wrong way or you know whatever it is like bend bend down wrong or you know cut their hand on a on a cutting knife or something like that. Like, whoa, yeah. whoa, we're not talking about baseball players here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hurt my hand carrying groceries upstairs. Uh, oh, I was playing with my drone and I cut my finger open. <laughs> like. Uh, yeah it is it is just really interesting and like in some ways it makes it more exciting but it's also like it you know the lakers could have been like a two or three seed if they were just healthy all season long you know and then it wouldn't be it wouldn't be necessarily so surprising to the casual basketball fan that you know they they quote unquote upset the two seed in the first round it's just like well you know when your two best guys miss 40% 40% of the season, this is what happens. But when you also open up the playoffs to half the league, which the NBA does, this is also what happens. And yeah. and that's what, you know, what you guys were talking about with the Yanks. I mean, that, I'm, it's not half the league that makes the playoffs, but, you know, there, there's a lot of time left. There's a lot of injuries to come to other teams and, and hopefully not the Yankees, even though they lost like three other players since we talked about that uh, about 50 minutes ago. And, um, you know, it's it's part of the game, I guess, but it's it does make it interesting and interesting not in a way that like oh my god I want to watch it, but just interesting in the way that the game of of sports in general I think has changed for whatever reason. People are just getting injured more. Yeah, I actually so that's an interesting point, and we don't have time to get into all the nitty gritty details of it, but really quickly, uh, just an update. Uh, Guys on second and third, one out, 0-1, Trevino's up, bottom of the 10th, 0-2. But no, that's like an interesting point, and this is kind of what we were talking, uh, we we texted a little bit about this recently when when G, when Giancarlo Stanton went down again, and and what I was, what I'm wondering about, what I don't understand, and I just don't have enough knowledge, oh, 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 there it is. Game-winning RBI single for Jose Trevino, baby. Walk-off Costly single. Costly win, but we'll take it. Yeah, pinch hit uh, walk-off single. Love it. Um, yeah. And what I don't, I just don't know enough about fucking fitness. We'll have to have Toddy on to talk about it. But like, it seems uh, to me, huh? That's a good guest episode. I like it. Yeah, it seems to me <laughs> that Colin, what you just said is, and and who knows if it's technic, like statistically, if it's true or not. I don't know. But regardless, there's plenty of injuries. We know that. We, we don't know if it's any more than previous eras, statistically speaking, but we know there's lots of injuries. And it seems to me, you know, we were just talking about all of the technological advances that make all of our athletes better now than they were 50 years ago, 100 years ago in every sport, right? And so it's surprising to me that injuries are still, like, I guess, as prevalent as they are. I guess I would have thought that the, there would be some technology there. And like, you look at somebody like Giancarlo Stanton, who seems to be like this ridiculous specimen of a human being, right? And he's hurt all the time. 
Um, and we, you know, Jacob deGrom, kind of a similar thing, but to any of these guys, right? Just so many injuries and where is the technology on it? Is it just all the illegal stuff? Is it just like all steroids and shit? Is that the technology or what? Right. You know what I mean? Like, like it's really fascinating (laughs) to me. How come this happens so much? Like, shouldn't, shouldn't the knowledge of, of conditioning and fitness have improved just as much as our ability to like make good shoes for runners, you know? Um, so it, it's, uh, if, if anybody listening has, um, some, some well, answers for us, please send them our way. And I think, I think what's really interesting about this too, is not only are we curious about all this, but like the way Giancarlo Stanton answered those reporter questions after his latest injury and like the deflated, frustrated, you know, uh, responsibility that he took too. you know, saying that, you know, I, I should be out there you know, this is ridiculous that it keeps happening. Like, I'm sure they're like, you know, what the fuck? I'm, I'm, I'm a beast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. Like, I, I shouldn't be breaking down like this. And yet, yeah. you know, here, here we are. So I'm sure it, it frustrates them obviously even more <laughs> than it does us as fans. And, and there's, I, I, there's just not enough data probably out there yet um, in, in research, you know, what's, what's overdoing it. And, and, you know, like, like how we know now that, you know, you shouldn't swing the bat as, as often as Don Mattingly did, you know, in, in batting practice and things like that, because you're going to wreck your back. Right. You nope. Know, 700 you. cuts a day. <laughs> 700. You get to that 10,000 mark real quick. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Well, boys, this has been a fun episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, it- very different. Just you should just you should just call it do do to do jump shot. Yeah, I that think should so. be the title. I think what should I call it? Do to do to do jump shot. All right, you're gonna have to like send me how to actually spell all that. Do 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 jump shot. Yeah, you, you uh, can I'll, do it. I'll, you can do it, Colin. Yeah, yeah. Um, any shout outs before we go? Um. Hmm. I got one shout out. I'll, I got Craig. one too. I'll say cra- crazy um, Mike Trout. Like, I think his OPS plus is like 170 or something. And he's batting like 298. Yeah, fuck you, Ethan. Um, <laughs> and, but it's like, well, I was like, I was like, oh, wow, he's having a great start of the season. And then I look up, I'm like, oh, wait, no. His career OPS is like 167. Like, fucking shit. I f- you forget how good he is. Like, damn it. Like he's having an average Mike Trout start to his career, which is seventy percent better than everyone else in the league. <laughs> Holy shit! Like, yeah. damn it. <laughs> so, did you just give a shout out to Mike Trout? Yes, I did. Is he a listener of the show? I mean, maybe. He, okay. he, he you never know that he is. He's so. from New Jersey. Okay. Maybe he likes to have, uh, you know, listen to the local, local Philadelphia <laughs> voice of baseball and um, uh as my uh one of my eight-year-old students told me just this evening there are a lot of possibilities in the world so uh, oh man whoever that is make him president because he right? that's more knowledge than like of 99 percent of people i know <laughs> this kid she is a uh she is she's just, going places she is such a fucking firecracker it's hilarious oh my god i'll have to tell some i'll tell a quick story about her i'll give i'll give a shout out to her how about that i'll give a shout out to my student nishka so she's the one who talked about how there's a lot of possibilities in the world tonight. But the best was 
I just started working with her a few weeks ago. I've been teaching her older sister for years now, um, but I just started working with her on piano. And we were she's been doing piano for a long time, but with a different teacher. And we were talking about practicing. And she was very honest with me. And she's like, yeah, I'm not good about practicing, blah, 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 blah. She went on this kind of funny rant or whatever. And I was like, uh, okay, listen, here's the deal. Uh, we're going to start small. And we're going to start with small attainable goals. Consistency is the name of the game. I want you to do five minutes every day. That's it. Five minutes every day. You can do that. And she's like, you know, I do better. Um, I do better like when my mom promises me like jelly beans or candy or chocolates, like after I practice. And I was like, sounds like my daughter. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't give out, uh, I don't give out candy. What about just, you know, the reward of my approval, uh, just hearing my approval. And she's like, yeah, but I can't eat your words. <laughs> oh, man. This, is, this is my eight-year-old. One of my Definitely make her president. She's, she is fucking hilarious. She like, she just makes me like laugh out loud, like guffaw in the middle of, in the middle of lessons. Honestly, that's the best part of teaching kids is kids like this who yeah. are just like so full of personality and like no inhibitions. It's the best. Yeah. I love it. That's a great shout out. So we got Mike Trout shout out and then uh, Ethan and I are going to shout out to kids. Yep. Uh, cousin Greg texted me today and said, uh, the first coach pitch game was tonight for Alessio and my godson Domenico. Uh, Alessio went four for four with four runs as leadoff hitter. Nice. And Domenico went three for four with three runs and four ribbies. And he knocked in Alessio every time as he was uh, the cleanup hitter. So <laughs> awesome. The Arcuri boys. Love it. Yep. Yep. Crushing it. All right, boys. Hey, well, uh, I, I need, I need to, I need cousin Greg's uh, pizza making skills. And we, we may need some consulting help. Um, Mom, Mama Reed, if you're listening, my brother and I may or may not have bought you and dad. An uni pizza oven. Oh, the and, one you were uh, talking about? Yeah. Dude. Yeah. That's combo awesome. Mother's Day, Father's Day, Mom's birthday, Dad's birthday gift. Those shit, those things are freaking expensive. Oh, but awesome. nice. Cousin Greg, I might I might call on you. We may we may have some dope consultations in, in order. So <laughs> that's awesome. Nice. Dope consultations. Cool very cool gift. Well, the only appropriate way to end such a great episode is to say yeah. we are yeah. the uh, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Sean Not Cullen. yet. Not until he signs a contract. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.